Our reading this evening is 1 John chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like Father, like Son. You know how the saying goes, like father, like son, or the apple does not fall far from the tree. It's true, truer probably than we would like to imagine. Truer and truer as you get older and older, you become more and more like your parents. Like father, 
like sun. And in fact, there's a kind of amplification. I talked about this in Bible study this morning. There's kind of a growth, an amplification, especially when it comes to evil, unfortunately. The path of evil heads downward. And so what a father considers in wickedness in the confines of his heart, the darkness that he holds in his heart, it is often the case that his son does outwardly and openly. So we heard about Gideon today in the book of Judges, and Gideon was a savior for the people of Israel. He rescued them from the hand of their enemies. But at the end of his life or at the end of his career, he started to do some things that showed he had an interest other than in God's word and in God's will. He was a bit vengeful, it seems. He made uh, an ephod, a priestly garment that the people ended up worshiping. He did things that were misleading, but he did it kind of in the secrecy of his heart. He wasn't openly interested in pursuing evil. When the people asked him if he wanted to be king, he said, no, I don't want to be your king. And yet, and yet he named his son Abimelech, which means my father is king. Gideon, in his heart, held on to some wicked thoughts, it seems, and his son, well, his son put them into action. His son grew up and murdered his 70 brothers so that he could be king. Like father, like son, except when it's evil that the son is imitating, it gets worse and worse and worse. And we've seen this in the course of history. Adam did not listen to God, and what happened to his son Cain? He murdered his brother Abel. Evil has a way of growing, especially when it's handed down from one generation to next, like father, like son. And so, with Adam as our father, things look pretty grim for us, and actually it's worse than that. If you hear the story of the Garden of Eden and with the serpent at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in this way, it's actually worse than that, for when Eve listens to the serpent, she takes him as her husband. Instead of listening to Adam, she takes him as her husband, and so we are all children of the devil by nature. Children of the devil, like father, like son. This is what Jesus has to say to the Jews. In John chapter 8, he's confronting them over their wickedness. They won't listen to him. He's been preaching openly, telling them all kinds of good things, marvelous things. I'm the light of the world. I've come to scatter the darkness. I've come to bring peace. I am the way and the truth and the life. If you abide in my word, you will, never, you will never die. That's what Jesus says. And the Jews look at him and they say, we don't need you. We have Abraham as our father. And Jesus says to them, if Abraham were your father, you would believe me. If Abraham were your father, you would do the things that your heavenly father does because Abraham believed God. If Abraham were your father, if God were your father, then you would listen to my word. But Jesus says, no, you have a father and he is the devil. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. That's what Jesus said to the Jews. He was a murderer from the beginning, the devil was. And he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a, li he is a liar and the father of lies. And Jesus says, you are his children. That's not a good spot to be in. Like father, like son. With the devil as our father by nature, our lives are shrouded in darkness. And it is a darkness that you can feel. Remember this description of that plague back in Egypt. A darkness so thick that you could feel it. That's the kind of darkness that our lives are in when we belong to the devil, when we are his children. We just stumble around, waiting to fall and to be ruined. That's 
life. That's life in this world. That's life in sin. That's life in lawlessness. That's the darkness. But John, as you've heard in our epistle, John is all about the light. So here's the light, and it is a marvelous thing. Really, when you're in the dark, and when the darkness is thick, it is just a little bit of light that you need. Light a match or light a candle, or turn on your cell phone flashlight, just a little bit of light, crack the door just a little bit, that's all you need to temper the darkness when the darkness is really thick. But Jesus has not come just to give us a little bit of light. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called, we, we, children of the devil, that we should be called children of God. That's more than a flicker of light. That's not just a dim lamp burning. That's not just a smoldering flame. But that's the fullness of the noonday sun. That's how bright that is. We are the children of God. John means it. See what kind of love the Father has for us. We don't deserve to be his children. We are his enemies by nature. We're children of his arch enemy, the devil, by nature. And yet he has adopted us, made us his own, called us into his family, and treated us not as slaves, Not even merely as friends, but as children. That is the glory of God's love for us. And it is glorious in this way. Like father, like son. Can that possibly be true? Can it be that just as God is righteous, so also you and I are righteous? Can it be that we take after our Heavenly Father in living lives of holiness, living lives of goodness, loving as he loves. Can that possibly be? Can it be that just as he has nothing to do with sin and as there is no darkness in him, so also we have nothing to do with sin and there is no darkness in us? It sounds too good to be true, but that is what John is saying. After all, Jesus appeared in order to take away sins. This is the one most important fact of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He came to take away sins, to scatter the darkness, to remove everything from us that is inimical to God, to make us his children, to make us his children, not just just to treat us as children, but to turn us into children of God. That's the whole point of everything that we do. It's the reason why you come to church. It's the reason why you belong to a church. It's the reason why you listen to God's word and receive his sacraments. It's why you eat and drink Jesus' body and blood. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins. For the forgiveness of your sins, that you might be children of God. Everything else flows out of that. Like father, like son. That's who you are. Children of your heavenly father. Free from sin. This is how John puts it. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. If you're a child of God, you don't keep on sinning. Now, this is a tricky thing. We have to pay close attention to what John means here. We might all say, as good Lutherans, but don't we sin all the time? Don't we always continually need forgiveness again and again? Isn't that why we come back to church again and again to hear the words of absolution? I forgive you your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Didn't John himself say two weeks ago, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves? And the truth is not in us. John's not contradicting himself. When he says that whoever knows the Father does not sin, he's not contradicting himself when he also says that we are sinners who confess our sins and receive forgiveness. And here's the distinction. It's the difference between committing sin and making a practice of sin. 
The difference between committing sin and making a practice of sin, or stumbling into sin and walking in it. Two very, very different things. So think of it in terms of light and dark, the theme for the book of John. Making a practice of sin is like walking in the shadow in the alleyway, walking as close to the wall as you can so that no light shines on you so that you can do whatever it is that you please in the darkness. That's what it means to make a practice of sin. It is to go where there is darkness in order that you might do the deeds of darkness. But to stumble into sin, to have sins that need to be confessed as a child of God, to live in the light, that doesn't mean you never encounter a shadow. It doesn't mean that you never walk under the shade of a tree and so have something to confess. It doesn't mean that a cloud never passes over the sun and the sunlight is shaded for a moment, but you are walking in the light. You're not making a practice of sinning. You're not trying to be a sinner. You're trying to be righteous and holy and good. And that, and that is the difference. That's the difference between being a sinner, making a practice of sinning, and suffering from sin, struggling against it, trying to live as a child of God. Or here's another analogy. This is how Luther puts it when he talks about what John's saying. He says, if you're a soldier on the battlefield, you cannot help but be wounded from time to time. You're going to suffer some sort of an injury. It's going to happen to you. You can't prevent it from happening. But you can avoid surrender. You can refuse to give yourself over to the enemy. You can't stop him from occasionally throwing a shot at you or hitting you with some shrapnel. You can't stop him from sending a bomb over and there's debris flying everywhere. You can't stop that. But you don't have to surrender. That's the difference between living a life that is in the light and a life that is in the darkness. Being like your Heavenly Father means walking in the light, paying attention to what is righteous and good, paying attention to what is holy and striving for it, desiring to please your Heavenly Father and not desiring instead to indulge your flesh, fighting against sin. That's what it means to be a child of God, not practicing sin, but practicing righteousness instead. Children need to learn this, we all need to learn this, that you get good at what you practice. You get good at what you practice, and that's why John says you can't be practicing sin. You don't want to get good at sin. Practice righteousness instead, and so you will become good at righteousness. And in fact, in fact, it is precisely in that practice of righteousness, and in the struggle against sin, in waging war against sin, it's there, exactly there, that you see your ongoing need for God's mercy and forgiveness. It's not that you are just diving headlong into sin and so you think maybe God will scrape you out of this, but it's instead you know in your struggle against sin that you stumble and fall and so you praise God that he continually pours out his forgiveness on you. He gives you this gift of his son whose blood runs freely for you, covering all of your sin and giving you grace to help and mercy in time of need. The goal is righteousness. The goal is righteousness, which doesn't simply mean just doing good things, but it means living as children of God. And here's how, Jesus puts it. Here's how John puts it. This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. And here's what love looks like, that Christ laid down his life for us on the cross. And so also we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. It is love that we are aiming at it is love that we inherit as children of God, love from our Heavenly Father shown to us in Christ Jesus and love that we then embody 
In this sinful and fallen and darkened world, love that lightens the darkness for everyone around you, rejoice. Rejoice that you are like your Heavenly Father. Believe Him. Even if you can't see it in yourself, believe Him that He has loved you in this way, that He has made you children of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit,